Racers and Rental Cars Podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Foray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Welcome to this week's episode of Racers and Rental Cars and the YouTube world. Greatly appreciate everybody stopping by this week. So just a complete heads up. That way there's, you've been forewarned. Uh, today's episode is not going to be very long. Uh, today is Dai's birthday. and. I am not overloaded, I guess you could say, on things to do and have really just been completely and utterly emotional today, right? How about that coming from a guy? So not going to be a long episode. Um I appreciate, I wanted to put something together. I appreciate everybody that tunes in every week, whether it's on YouTube now or, or download on the podcast platforms from Apple, Spotify. Uh, greatly appreciate you guys doing that. Please do me a favor, write reviews, rate, subscribe, share, tell your friends, uh, come over on YouTube and find Racers and Rental Cars page and start viewing and liking the podcast on the video format over there. Uh, we're about three, four weeks away from things in here changing. Uh, just, just the way things are going right now. Uh, but that being said, greatly appreciate you guys stopping in and, uh, we're going to get through this episode. Got a few things I want to share, uh, over the course of the race weekend. And, um, yeah, so let's dive off in it. First thing and foremost, NHRA four wide in Charlotte as Emacs. Oh man. Um, you know, Zmax is very near and dear to my heart, uh, being that that is the location of my first NHRA national event, Wally. Top Sportsman 2018, sitting right back there over my over my shoulder, if you will. Um, and I'm a North Carolina kid. I mean, geez. You know? Um, cookout, Bojangles, Cheerwine, Moon Pies, <laughs> Barbecue. Good old Z-Max. So the four-wide event took place and... Everything that went on, right? The worst weather forecast ever. Now, that being said, I haven't been to a four wide race that we have not had rain out in the spring. That is just one of those crapshoot timeframes in North Carolina and the South that you just don't know what you're going to get. NHRA doing the best they possibly could, let racers drop from being able or from competition up until I think like Tuesday evening, which was really smart. Um, did not stop a lot of people from going. 
had pretty good sizable fields across the board. Um, the four wide, right? So let's make sure that we talk about what was huge. Right now for me, how about Sherman Adcock on fire right now in the Lucas Oil ranks? I mean, he pulls through the gate and leaves with a wally. Just seems to be the way it's working out for him. So Sherman, KJ, Michelle, keep the wheels on the coach rolling and, and keep moving because you guys are killing it. What went wrong? At the four wise, because I mean, don't get me wrong, there was winners. Um, but man, so many things that just are frustrating for us as fans, as racers, uh, j- that you just didn't like to see. So I know a lot of people, I saw some comments about the broadcast um, and NHRA.tv, and I'm sure, it, and if you didn't, um, where the booths are for TV and the announcers at ZMAX, they're, if you're facing down the racetrack, they are on the far left. You cannot get any further left unless you were standing out in the staging lanes. It is crazy where they put the announcing booth and TV booth. Um, it's so, I, I know they'll never will because, of course, all of that is tubing and everything else, uh, conduit that's underground, uh, where they pull cables in from, and so forth. But, man, she's tough. Right. I don't know how many times I heard Reinhardt or uh, Costello, even Loans, uh, Jason Galvin talking about they didn't they couldn't see lanes three and four, you know, to the to the far right, if you will. Very difficult. And I think there were some comments about even in the broadcast, it sounded like it was it was difficult for Loans and Pendergon to call the race. Hopefully. Hopefully somebody is coming up with some sort of contingency plan to improve on that. Right. I mean, that's just tough. I mean, how many things I, I, I mean, I saw cars that got timed out, uh, rolling through the stage beams, things of that nature over in three and four and the announcers can't say anything about it. They really are waiting for the replay down racetrack, shooting back up the racetrack to get piped into the booth so that they could see what took place over in lanes three and four. Very difficult. Huge props to those announcing uh, loans, TV, Pentagon, to get through it and do the best that they can. It is an extremely challenging racetrack to announce from. I've been fortunate enough to be able to be in the booth there at Z-Max and announce, and it's tough. It is really, really tough to be able to see what goes on that far away uh, from the from the far left there of the tower. But that being said, holy cow, were there some just aha moments? Or if we were if we had a guest, it would be WTF moments for the four wides. The pro stock motorcycle that did not have brakes that almost clipped another pro stock motorcycle. 
flagman at the top end, it seemed like was not really paying attention. But then again, it happens, right? Everybody's got a little human error in. Um, that was very scary to see. And I guess that being said, I'm really curious. I know, I know they built the racetracks, right? And the four wides, you have to, you have to just naturally assume four wide racing is not going away. Okay. Um, because they built two tracks in the last, what, six years, seven years, probably longer than that. Might want to do some research on that one. But holy cow. You know, a few weeks back, I made a comment about four wides being a novelty, right, for NHRA. And it rubbed some people's feathers wrong. And that's that's fine. It's again, it's, you know, it's a point of view, a perspective. And I compared it to the dirt for NASCAR. And somebody say, well, you know, it's not really a novelty in NASCAR because a lot of those drivers grow up racing on dirt. And I went, you know, you're that's valid point, really a valid point, solid opening argument, solid. None of us in drag racing got our license or cut our teeth learning the ropes for wide racing. Okay, so that doesn't hold water. I mean, look at these drivers that are some of the best in the business and having issues. Hey, it's got to be tough, demoralizing, right? And then you, you look at it across the board. And you start, you know, everybody wants to say, okay, well, all four lanes are the same. I'm going to go with no. There's certain aspects of the lanes that are not the same. And just a small tidbit of information is if you were watching on NHRA.tv and were paying attention to the downtime, the amounts of downtime that the teams and competitors had to deal with, the safety safari in the shutdown area trying to get weepers in the shutdown area. Well, rain on a racetrack. And I mean, I don't, it impacts, it makes a difference. And yeah, are they, should they be talented enough to go out and make a call and get down the racetrack? Yeah, sure. But they've got to decide over four lanes. And then if you're talking about it in eliminations, well, it just depends on where they fell in the quad as far as who had the quick CT. Maybe they only had, maybe they knew they were only going to get one lane. Maybe it made it easier, I guess. I, I know it gives other teams competition in those first couple quads just the ability to advance, right? Um, just got to be the second best in the quad. Taking anything away from Derek Kramer? No. I mean, he got it, right? He won. Uh, Austin Proc, no. 
I I hope that we don't look back, get to the end of the year, and this is probably a Kevin McKenna or a uh, fact person like Lewis Bloom or Brett Kepner. I wonder if we look back, do we have any championship races? Now, of course, that being said that we reset at Indy. Um, that somebody missed out. The, if you took the four wide races and threw out their averages at those two races, how does the standing shake out? Be nice to have a conversation. I wonder how many of the team owners or drivers or crew chiefs would have an opinion on that. I, th- I still think it's awesome that people, the pro drivers are out there and they're talking about the fact that they don't like four wide racing. And I totally get it. I do. Looking up, if you're in lanes two and three and you have to naturally look across a tree to make sure that you're staged. That's just an uncommon direction to look. It's challenging. With an extra degree of difficulty, if you will, drag racing in in general is challenging. Oh, wait a minute. Let's throw in some craziness here to make it even more uberly challenging. I get it for the fans. Back here, and we're having this struggle of a conversation. Professional sports or professional entertainment? I, I don't know. That's just really tough. It was it was difficult to watch some of these great drivers who have won events uh, across the country and other series. Uh, multiple times throughout years and they're just mistakes because of the environment in which they're in they're, they're, that they're trying to compete in. I guess this is one of those times where you would call me the grouchy old historian guy and just give me, just give me two lanes, two teams, Two drivers, line them up, show out. Um, it was just tough. It was tough to watch. Um, very tough. Tough to watch just everything that went on uh, with the rain, the weepers, the mistakes on the starting line, the pro stock motorcycle on the starting line. Hey, one kudos to them the emotion was awesome and the fact that it was over there in lanes three and four closest to the camera we got some really good audio and camera angles about those teams and those riders they were livid and it was awesome to see raw emotion total raw emotion loved it hated it for them but loved the raw emotion out of it. Really did. It, it was 
Oh, that was tough. Tough to watch that go on. How about Josh Hart? If you haven't read a little bit, Competition Plus has a little article interview. Josh Hart at Charlotte. Kind of taking the high road, if you will, and letting everybody know, yeah, I don't really care what you think. And I'm a meek and mild guy, quiet guy over here. But uh, don't take it as being uh, being a pushover type approach, right? A little read between the lines, if you will. I'm I'm happy for anybody that wants to make an argument with that. Josh Hart. Sorry, this microphone is kind of bothering me a little bit today. Um, maybe just a day. I think the microphone's in the same spot it always is, but maybe I'm the one that's off today. I think that may be the case. Um, I'm all for all the writers and media that are trying to make a rival, rivalry, if you will, between Josh Hart and Sean Langdon or Josh Hart, Sean Langdon, Steve Torrance. I'm good with that. But wonder where we, we didn't really, I didn't really see a whole lot go on. I counted, watched a couple of the pairs or quads and did some time. I mean, Hart looks like he's getting in five, maybe five and a half seconds on a couple, I think, maybe. Um, of course, there's a sound delay. So trying to watch and seeing on the tree activation and the camera angles was a little difficult. But um, no, I'm I'm all for it. I uh, like a little bit of the, the smack talk back and forth. If you will, and I in again, I'm sorry, Sean Langdon, one of the best in the business. You're just uh, he's going to do his part up front on a regular basis. You're going to if you're going, oh well, do I bet against Sean being good up front? Nine times out of ten, Sean's going to be good up front. That's I mean, you got to think about it as a driver. In a fuel car, uh, that's part of their job. That's their primary purpose. Leave on time. Leave on time. Leave on time consistently the same way every time to give the crew chief the best opportunity and windows to be able to put a tune-up together to get down the racetrack beach competition. I think J.R. Todd and Sean Langdon are two of the best, best in the business when it comes to that. Now, does that mean we start turning up the fire a little bit and the media is doing this and that between Sean and Josh and Steve-O. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, is it opening the door to have ourselves a bracket deal, if you will, like that we got going on over at Dirty Mo Media and NASCAR with Denny Hamlin and picking this driver over that driver for the weekend? Who's going far? Who's going to go further? Who's going to finish better? That'd be kind of cool, you know, kind of give us a little extra incentive to watch and be engaged in the NHRA Camping World Drag Racing Series. Totally could do that. Be a nice, nice added deal, right? Just, just to watch. 
you know? So, um, yeah, tough deal. Just t- tough deal all the way around. Uh, Matt Hagen, he went off the end of the racetrack. I thought the funny part, uh, and, and again, he went off the racetrack. And the funny part, as I'm saying this to you, he went off the end of the racetrack because the chutes didn't deploy. And then as soon as the car hit the sand, it stopped at the at the water barrels, the chutes popped out. And I just, you know, I, I mean, you already saw the hatch opening, so you knew Matt was okay. Uh, that just made me go, oh, my God, the irony. But uh, no. And then the outside of that for the for the weekend, it was very concerning about the pro chargers that kept exploding. The two pro chargers in pro mod, um, Marcus Burt and Chris Thorne. I am patiently, but also eagerly waiting to hear what pro charger and NHRA have found to be possible causes for those two failures. Um, I know there was a lot of speculation on the internet, the interwebs, if you will, that the guys at ProLine are spinning them too hard. I promise you they're not spinning them too hard. No, they're they're not. Um, Slight grapevine was that Marcus Burtz was actually uh, some foreign object debris off of the racetrack, which would have been possible. Um, you know, it's it's something that I have always been concerned with uh, when we swapped over to the Haas Camaro with Supercharger because you've got that big vacuum cleaner that's down there in your, the bottom of your front end. Uh, and it's just basically sucking the world in there. And so uh, that was that's a little bit of a concern. Uh, you know, sometimes these racetracks, we, you know, nuts and bolts fall off race cars, Zeus's, Zeus Springs. I mean, you get all kinds of stuff. If you've ever went to a racetrack, especially a national event racetrack, a divisional, really get up in the morning, take yourself a little, your own little track walk. You'd be surprised what you see along the wall from 330, eighth mile on, you'd be surprised what you see laying over against the wall on either side. Um, so be interested to see. I know there's a lot of speculation about the bags being put on the pro chargers becoming mandatory. I'm sure in the next in, in the upcoming weeks, uh, we'll probably hear about that. You know, obviously they got like two weeks to get to Chicago. I'm sure it might not necessarily be a knee-jerk reaction might just be two isolated incidents at the same time in the weekend, if you will. Um, could be a couple of different root causes. I know that there's been, uh, you know, I'm trying to remember, was it King Kenny Q or it might even been uh, Manny at uh, World Series of Pro Mod uh, lost, lost Pro Charger. And that was like 60 foot clock as soon as he left. Um, so. A matter of fact, it made the World Series Pro Mod on CBS Sports. That coverage, they slowed it down and showed it back. Uh, and again, I can't remember if that was King Q or, or, or Manny, but um, no, that was, uh, that was a, a pretty rough weekend, if you will, all things told weather-wise uh, for the four wides. But uh, give a huge shout out to all the competitors that came out. Ricky Smith lit the world on fire. Nice lap, Ricky. Nitrous cars. Um, so yeah, 
And and again, not a naysayer. The elite group in pro stock. Just keep betting against them. Just keep betting against them. If you keep betting against them, you have no idea who they are. And I mean who they are. Just keep betting against them. Keep on talking. And uh, I think I think as they get moving here, I mean, they got eight cars over in Pro Stock. It's a lot of moving pieces. I don't think there's any dilution, things of that nature. You know, people blah, 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 running their lips saying, oh, they're not building enough horsepower now because they're just kind of taking what they can get because of parts and how many engines the guys in the shop have to do. And Jake doesn't have enough time on the dyno. All these just asinine. I, don't get me wrong. They could be real, truthful, but you know, somebody making a comment, this is going back to when the elite was dry, had Mopars with, with Jeggy and Erica for those couple of years and couldn't do anything right. Come on, guys. I think, you know, you're, you're just spitting ball. You're just spewing nonsense. Uh, what is it, uh, buddy of mine? You say you're just spewing dummery right now. Just You're just spewing dummery. And just, you're just spewing dumb shit. So, I mean, it's coming. They're just give them time. I had, don't, don't bet against them. Don't. And stop making quarter mile media famous. That, that douchebag. Anyway. All right. NASCAR. Hey. They had to race on Monday <laughs> at Dover. And uh, it was fun to, uh, watch a little bit of it and uh watch my phone blow up on twitter when ross chastain ran off brennan pool and wrecked him and then what's even better is how much media attention ross chastain is getting i mean yeah he's the points leader but he just i don't um i don't know who it's going to be Right. Like Ross Chastain is polarizing in the world of NASCAR. He just does what he does and doesn't worry about it. I'm here. I get paid to win races, not here to make friends. And Ross waits till after a race and he'll be like, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I tore your car up. I'd go. It's going to the front. Finish second in Dover. Points leader right now in NASCAR. Ross Chastain is, I'm going to say, probably 170 pounds, 160 pounds. And nobody in NASCAR is climbing out of the car on pit road after a race and going over to have a conversation with the farm kid, the watermelon farmer. Ain't happening which I think is downright hilarious because all these people are talking about maybe he needs to get his butt whooped or I'm going to whoop his butt or I'll get him back. And it's like, no, you won't because you're not because you're not getting out of the car and going back over here to whoop his butt. 
I really am waiting to see who's going to be the first one in NASCAR to get out of their car on Sunday or Saturday night or Monday on a weather and just go up and grab hold of Ross Chastain. Like I said, Ross ain't a big guy, but man, he's a watermelon farmer. Most farm kids, they're really not the ones to go grab a hold of. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. But the famous phrase, the don't give a fuck tour, is continuing. And I kind of like it. I like it. Might need to get me a bumper sticker. Don't give a fuck tour. Because Ross Chastain is showing out. He is showing out. Trackhouse, Ross Chastain. I mean, jockey. Trackhouse is bringing in some awesome sponsors into the world of NASCAR with their program. And if you're over there watching NASCAR or you're looking at sponsors, you're a marketing person and you're trying to evaluate and see what new companies here and there. Trackhouse, Justin Marks, those guys, killing it. Rolling and killing it over there in NASCAR. All right. My final topic, if you will, is like I said, this show is going to be short. This past weekend in the Midwest, in the South, uh, up North, uh, I mean, down, I don't know. mm, I don't know anywhere in the country that, that, that did not have weather this weekend. So the, Old cliche of you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, right? Promoters, division directors, organizational officials, you're always going to have a split or non-support support. I, as a racer, as business person, as just overall common sense approach to life. I don't get mad when schedules are changed, events are postponed. We didn't pull out of the driveway. Um, why would anybody want to sit in the cold? And then, oh, yeah, by the way, who wants to be cold and wet? That's just like, mm -mm. no. NHRA ran all the sportsmen Saturday night because they knew Sunday was going to be a struggle, and it was a struggle. NHRA Division Three canceled on Wednesday. Great decision to the division director. Been here in the Midwest for 10 years. Never had the first weekend. I can't remember one time in 10 years that the first opening weekend was not marred by some sort of weather, either rain, cold, windy, or a combination of all three. I remember one year racing in Atlanta and getting rained out and driving all the way back to Indy to also get rained out. It just, it just, it's tough. And for people that were out there and, oh, my God, we, we, we could have got this. We could have got that. 
coulda, shoulda, woulda. You didn't waste fuel. You didn't start the first race of the year off with no test, no test runs on Thursday, one time run, and then racing for three or four rounds to get canceled and the rest of the race get moved somewhere else. So one thing that I don't think a lot of people took into consideration is Jeg's All-Stars now later in the year. When we used to go to Chicago for the All-Stars, April and May were very, very critical in all-star points in the chase. Very critical. Um, now, with it being late in the year and in Dallas, totally doable. Relax. Don't get bent out of shape. That's, again, I think the division director did the right thing. I think racers, promoters that are racers that go ahead and cancel an event to keep their customers from expensing out fuel, sitting in the rain, not getting what they really paid for or were hoping to accomplish as well as you as the promoters, the business people. Yeah, they're tough decisions to make, but at the end of the day, you got to make them. Make them for the majority, not the minority. The minority, they're going to run their lips anyway. It's just what they do. It's how society is nowadays. Everybody gets instant gratification because doesn't matter what they post, one person is going to agree with them, and that fuels the fire. That's just the way it is. So uh, that's my take on that. Just take a moment, start to think about it from your own business perspective or whatever it is that you do that you actually make a living at, and think about that and apply the process to what race promoters and track officials and race officials have to go through what they're evaluating. Um, Cause your small moving pieces versus their large moving pieces, a little bit different. So kind of bite your lip a little bit, gnaw on your tongue, count to 10, take a moment, then put your two cents in out there in the social media world or don't. How about that too? Uh, so, okay. Last two things. The month of May, Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, I Today is a, <laughs> today is a pretty bad day for, for this guy right here. Um, for Mental Health Month. Emotional, everything. Uh, how bad is it? I mean, I know you can't see out there in the in the podcast world, but I'm holding up a, a sheet of paper and it's literally called the feelings wheel. Got no problem saying that. And this lays here in front of me and I kind of carry it throughout the house and wherever it is that I may be working because sometimes I don't know what the right word is. Or a word to describe how I'm feeling or what I'm thinking, which trust me, sometimes we'll all be shocked what I'm thinking. That being said, take some time. Really take some time. Do some, just do some of your own research, your own reading, whether it's on uh, YouTube, Google, Headway. Headway is one of my new favorite apps that I love to death. 
get books. You can get like an entire book, the overview of each chapter in like 13 or 14 minutes. Great. For those of us that just don't take time, we're just like we're too chipped up. We can't we're trying to calm ourselves or whatever the case may be. Uh, Headway is pretty good. But that being said, Mental Health Awareness Month, do yourself a favor. Talk to somebody. Process. Whatever it may be. To be a better version of yourself for not only yourself, but for your loved ones, your family, your coworkers, whatever it is you may be doing, whoever it is that may care about you, to include yourself. Okay? I mean... I, my, my list is on my phone. I write some, some really, uh, simple affirmations on my phone just because I need to tell myself, remind myself positive beliefs, positive affirmations. So do yourself a favor, get some help, talk to somebody. You're not alone. All right. You're not. Um, this show is leading into graduations. So I want to give my best to all the kids, young adults that are out there that are getting ready to start graduating in the next few weeks out into the real world, if you will. That's, that's what they told us when we graduated. Um, do great things. You know, every every generation, every year of a generation has the potential to change and impact society, the world. Do your part. Impact. Have compassion. Do the right, do the right things. But move forward. Be, be impactful into today's society. Make change. Start in your own little area, in your own little square, your own backyard, your own circle, and move outward. It can be infectious. And if you don't think that it's not infectious, think about it from the standpoint of how we got to where we are. There were all kinds of movements to this and that and this and that. You can start your own movements, positive movements, economic movements. Make an impact. I wish each and every one of you that are near and dear to my heart, you know who you are. I wish you all the best as this episode will come out before you graduate. Go forth. Do amazing things. If there's anything I can ever do, ring it up. Folks, closing thought. I appreciate y'all sticking around. Apologies for the short show. I just don't have a don't have a lot in me today. I really don't. It's Wednesday. And I needed to do a show because I needed to talk today. But at the same point, struggling. So I wish you all the best. Thank you for all of those that reached out for Di's birthday, sent Facebook messages, comments text messages. I, I do appreciate them. I do. It's just hard to, uh, 
get out of your own head and emotions sometimes. It's just one of those things. So I wish all y'all the very best. Please do me a favor, rate, review, subscribe. Give us five stars. Don't shoot me hate mail. Don at streetwaymedia.com. Wearing racers and rental cars, hoodies, uh, t-shirts, all that stuff still going on. And um, yeah, I'll look forward to seeing you guys next week at some point. Or for you to be able to hear me in your garage or in your earbuds across the country. Folks, be kind to one another. Mend a fence with somebody. Take care of your loved ones. Let them know. Life's short. Embrace it. Take the what's not so bad over the what's really good. Sometimes, sometimes it's just that simple. Take care, folks. See you next week. Races and rental cars. Bye, guys. Let's play.